Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse, the fifth column. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. This is a, an emergency. No, it's not really, but it is your, your almost weekly extraordinary experience where we do the whole thing with the news cycle and talk about it amongst ourselves and with you eavesdropping. I'm Camille Foster. I do various things at a place called Freethink. Delighted to be here. I am joined by just, you know, who's in the room. It's Michael Moynihan, Vice mm-hmm. News Tonight, HBO. And yeah. the, he's the national correspondent over there. Matt Welch, who is the editor at Large Reason Magazine, what, exactly what that means, eh, we don't really know. And of course, we're joined by Anthony Fisher, who's supposed to be at the controls helping to make certain all of this goes well. We'll see if that actually happens. But Anthony Fisher is the politics editor at Insider. Gentlemen, how the hell are you? Hi. Yeah. Unindicted conspirator. What a what a what a day. What a day. What indeed. a day, Camille. Oh my goodness. You got a suit on. What I are you do. gonna suit on? Why do you look so good? I have on a, a fucking turtleneck. It's a I little I know. What is that? You look like Sammy Davis Jr. We're gonna have a turtleneck on. What is that? It was a nineteen eighty three like college professor. <laughs> I'm, I'm removing I'm removing the blazer. Michael, oh. Eric, Michael Eric Dyson. Yeah. yeah the, the Parisian the Parisian yeah. blazer. Grow a pair of brains. That's that's not Michael Eric Dyson yes, is much yes, more is. fast than staccato. No, by the way, oh, on my Instagram, right. that is Michael Eric Dyson. I, cli- I clipped out a thing where he says, uh, "Grow a pair of brains, grow a pair, grow a pair of fortitudes." fortitudes. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite Michael Eric Dyson quote. Oh so, gosh, yeah. what a the professor! Nimrod. Yeah, so um, it's a huge, huge. Why? Huge but you're why thing. are you dressed up? Well, I was gonna go do Anderson Cooper show. Those people, and they canceled on me moments before. Yeah broadcast apparently yeah. i mean i would have had to be there in about an hour and a half i bet Corey lewandowski's going on or something maybe so garagos and i were on the last time i was on cnn but he's but he's fired. going to prison well <laughs> it's funny because, because which prison on any there's no more indictments uh forthcoming um according to the Mueller report which we didn't have we or the, or that, the yeah. abbreviated version from from Attorney General Barr. Yeah, the bar uh, summary. The bar summary. Um, but we did find out yesterday that two people might be going to prison, and that's Michael Avenatti. <laughs> yeah. And uh, your uh, your unindicted co-conspirator there. Uh, what's his name? Garagos? Mark, Mark, Mark Garagos. Mark Garagos. I can never pronounce it. Defended Chris Brown. Really was yeah. Trump's best just, week ever. Jesse yeah. Smollett. Yeah. Uh, defended him as well. Was he also involved in Michael Jackson's defense? Yes, he was at one sure. point. Yeah, at yeah. one point. That's and, almost nothing. And um, uh, yeah. what's his name? The quarterback guy. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Also, also Chris Brown. Also Scott Peterson. Yeah, I said Chris Brown. Mm. Fisher, you're not mm. paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Iowa Hawk, our friend uh, Dave Burge uh, yesterday, which is not his real name, um, I think, uh, said that uh, I'm beginning to suspect that there's a secret plot, a conspiracy afoot, to have Trump gloat to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really funny because it is, um, I said Barry Bonds reference, it is the version of uh, Trump's opponents, of, you know, which I consider myself one of in, in, in most important ways. It is almost like they just tried to do steroids, right? They didn't want to beat him at the ballot box. This is kind of tough in 2020. It's like, we're just going to throw it all in here. We're just going to do like doing the, doing the clear, rubbing it on, shoot it up. And you know what? A cream, whatever. And we're just going to hit 70 home runs with a Mark McGuire of politics. We're going to cheat to, we're going to get him that way. And then, but the thing is, if you don't get him that way, you don't get into the Hall of Fame. 
you kind of get, yeah, you, don't. you kind of get screwed, right? So I mean, they just bury bonds that shit in a way that was um, rather obvious about halfway through. I will say this: I haven't gone back, but I know, and I, I still stick to this too. I think it was the right thing at the time is that I was curious about this stuff. There's really curious kind of things. I don't disagree with the idea of this being investigated. Yeah, right? we should, it should have been investigated. Yeah, right? I don't, and I don't know that we need any kind of setup here. The truth is that we've been talking about this for nearly two years. The president of the United States has been under investigation yeah. by various people, including special counsel, uh, Robert Mueller and... The two years and you're still calling him Mueller. Yeah, Mueller. Well, that shows Mueller. that we haven't actually um, talked about it as much as <laughs> other people have. Right. We've stopped talking about it some weeks ago, and it. I, I think at some point it probably hinted rather recently we might pick this up again because we were expecting this report to come. The report finally shows up weeks after we were first told it might come, and there seem to be two things that we know from the report. One is that we don't actually have the report just yet. No one has seen it, um, so we've got this distillation. Um, but the second thing. It's kind of in two parts. Uh, the first is that there doesn't appear to be any evidence that the president was involved or anyone associated with his campaign was involved in any sort of collusion, which is a big deal. Not a single American was charged. Not no one. collusion, no collusion, no collusion. Um, to the extent they were charged with things, they were charged with things unrelated to colluding. And we can get into some of the details of that. But the other thing is that there is still this open question about whether or not the president has done something that is sufficiently bad uh, to get himself in, tr in trouble for obstruction. Um, and Mueller kind of kicked the decision making about whether or not there was enough there for prosecution or an indictment, perhaps because we don't know. Um, <clears throat> but that did not stop uh, Mr. Barr from suggesting that, yeah, no, there's nothing to see here. There's no And problem. Rod Rosenstein. And yeah. Rod Rosenstein, yeah. who was also involved in the decision making there. So that's where we find ourselves now. And I suppose we'll also have some things to say about the Smollett case. But Maybe we kick this around a little bit because we tend to focus on the media's response to these things. But we also mm. obviously have opinions on all of this. And, Michael, you were just saying that you don't see a huge problem with the investigation. Having no, not as, an, as a, having having been undertaken. Yeah. Right. I mean, I do object to it taking <laughs> taking two years is, I think, a little excessive. Uh -huh. And I mean, there's probably I just have an instinct in this. I know I could be wrong that it took that long because there was a desperation to make it work in mm -hmm. the way that people wanted it to work, huh. uh, because there was a lot of, you know, fishy stuff. Right. I mean, if you hire Paul Manafort as your to run your campaign and he's like <laughs> in Kiev, Working with the <laughs> Russian back scumbags in Kiev and like walking around in like, you know, uh, coats made of like, you know, goose from goose feathers from like Madagascar. Do you remember that coat that he got in New York? Oh, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. I was trying to remember the name of the animal, but it was probably just a dog or something. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was an ostrich coat. Yeah. yeah. Like that kind of like you see him. You have Roger Stone involved in, you know, talking about the WikiLeaks drops and stuff. It all is very suspicious. The president obviously was rather generous to Vladimir Putin um, before the election. Less so, by the way, as he was as he was uh, became president. I mean, we saw that in, in a number of different ways. Mm -hmm. But beforehand, I mean, I remember being at the RNC and someone telling me that the president had just said that um, he wouldn't defend Tallinn. 
um, if the Russians invaded. Yeah, it's like, yeah, not my problem. It's like, but NATO is like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, that's when they were modifying it, the platform. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And that stuff, and that, it, it, the platform was modified by people to make it a pro-Russian platform in that sense, in that one narrow way. Mm-hmm. So it's all very curious. So, of course, yeah, look into it. But, I mean, the thing is, is that it, it is funny. You talk about the media stuff, and we've something we do a lot of here, but watching these kind of supercuts of the things that people said and the fact that everyone at the end of the day is Glenn Beck and it doesn't, it's just a different side of the political game, right? I mean, the, the hyperventilating this stuff, I mean, the fact that Rachel Maddow makes anywhere from seven to $10 million a year, it's not entirely clear, but it's, I think the lowest figure I saw was seven and commanded the highest ratings in cable news for a long time, which is something nobody expected from Rachel Maddow, by trafficking in the most bizarre conspiracy theories of collusion. That yeah. is something different. Yeah. And it is, it is like, you know, I, the Occam's razor always with the Trump administration is that he's dumb and they're dumb <laughs> and they do dumb things. And someone comes in, he's like, you know, hello, I come from your friend around the corner. I am good old all American guys who wants to have party with you. And they're like, they're like, yeah, come up, man. And like, that's the Trump administration. Right? It's not like they're like, you know, I've got an FSB handler here. They have no idea. If the best you can do, by the way, is fucking Maria Boutina. Mm-hmm. That's really the FSB, KGB, uh, you know, which is essentially the same thing, uh, has really slipped. You know, some woman who's openly in contact with people high up in the Kremlin. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's insane to see. I'm interested to see in the kind of the longer term how these people like a guy like Luke Harding from from The Guardian, who wrote a book, I believe it was called Collusion or The Case for Collusion or something to that effect. David Korn, Michael Isikoff. David Korn, Michael Isikoff. Michael Isikoff, by the way, was on MSNBC last night. With Wa- David Korn. Yeah, walking it back. Yeah, really walking it back. Unbelievable. So much sprang yeah. from those two dudes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Matt Taibbi in his, in his really, I think, mostly persuasive Rolling Stone. No, it wasn't even mostly. Rolling Stone. It was on his own thing. It's from his book. It was a bit hyperbolic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but like he, the way I liked that, it, though, yeah. I didn't think it was Talking about. I, thought, I, I, I thought it was only somewhat blistering, um, but like no, I liked it. it was good. The way that he walked, specifically how those two guys in their pieces mm-hmm. uh, kind of refracted their spoon-fed uh, uh, reports uh, from people who use them on purpose for that purpose, and then that sort of became uh, part of a. Uh, uh, the search warrants or, or, or a cause for that kind of thing. It was, it's it, devastating. You know, and to watch them flippantly say, yeah, yeah. well, and no, it turns out there wasn't I, well, much Well, Isikoff was pretty, pretty hardcore about it uh, last night on Chris Hayes' show. So it was kind of an interesting flip. I, I, I saw just a clip of it. I, I don't know if uh, Chris pushed back on what this did to the premise of his book, which would be kind of an interesting thing to say, because, you know, I'm sure you got a pretty healthy advance for that and splitting it with corn and doing all this stuff. But the weird thing about this is this is the new narrative. And I think I sent it to you guys, too, is that Margaret Sullivan, who is to journalism what Captain Beefheart is to music. <laughs> Everyone pretends to like it, but nobody really cares. I was like, oh, my, she's amazing. She's the best. When she puts on that trout mask, she all is, bets are yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, journalism mask replica. She's like, and oh, she's amazing. And she wrote a piece and, and saying that, you know, they're hunkering down defending themselves now, which is very different, by the way, than WMD thing, which Taibi says that there's a parallel here. And he says it's worse, which I think is wrong. But, you know, we can make that comparison in a second. But, you know, that was a lot of people falling on their swords and, and saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We should never have done this because it was benefiting the Bush administration at that right. point. So they were really going hard and apologizing. The opposite is happening now. Yeah, we're people are really, that. really digging their heels. And in her argument, and just some of you guys think of this, um, is that no, 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 no,
what you're doing is you're doing a sleight of hand, and these are hyper-partisan, heavy-breathing, fainting-couch, pearl-clutching people in cable news. These are not journalists. The journalists were doing yeoman's work, and they were doing good work. Garbage. That's her argument. Camille, you think that's garbage? It's totally garbage. I mean, the, the good people at the Washington Post and the New York Times and various other publications made numerous reporting mistakes. Are you saying that, that the Vermont all... electrical grid is not being under attack by <laughs> yeah, the I, Chechens? I am suggesting that. Um, that, that. That we're all in the same direction, that we're all consistent with the narrative that the president is yeah. in cahoots with some very, very bad gentlemen. And it wasn't just the cable news pundits. It wasn't just the people who they brought on, some of the top flight reporters, A-list uh, journalists at various news networks, went on television and generated stories, backed stories, endorsed stories that turned out not to yeah. be true, where yeah, people like yeah. Scaramucci was supposed to have some some financial re- entanglement with the uh, with the Russian banks. That turned the out Paul to not Manafort be true. Paul Manafort visited, uh, visited, visited in the, the most surveilled totally place on earth. Totally not true. McClatchy had at least a two series of stories about totally Cohen and Prague. And by the way, remember, it's a WMD comparison. McClatchy's always pointed as the ones who got it right about WMDs. In fact, people were believing them because of that. Because of that. And it's like, you know, and when Cohen denied it, having admitted everything else and having had his office ransacked and everything. But, you know, the point that's interesting is that it's really funny to hear people say that also um, even accepting what you're saying is true. And it is mm-hmm. true that there's a number of mistakes by by mainstream journalists, lots mm-hmm. of them. And also just the kind of direction of it was was it was always directionally going towards this conclusion, even if it wasn't said in a sort of obvious yeah, way. Because with they're talking about the politics of it. It's like, yes. oh, this is this is going to be politically bad for Trump because things are pointing towards so, this direction. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a nice little slide of sleight of hand. But I find it kind of funny now that no one. All the sub well, I'm going to say no one, but Margaret Sullivan and the people that were that were uh, retweeting her stuff and saying, yeah, this is the way we should look at this now, is that these people really don't think that when it comes to talking about Fox News in the 2016 election. Right? Totally. That it's a it's this horrible place where all the misinformation comes. And I, by the way, tend to agree with that. I think it is a network that I can't keep my eyes on for two seconds without wanting to vomit. It's a horrible. I, it's my opinion. Not, no one is nodding with me on this one. I know, <laughs> I know you guys have some friends there. Whatever. But um, I think it's terrible. The but majority I, of its stuff is not good. The yeah. majority of its stuff is very, very bad. And like the, the, to come out with that stuff and say, which I think is right to say, is that you aren't just flooding the airwaves with nonsense. And it's Sean Hannity doing this. And he has two, whatever, two, three million viewers a night. And this stuff is poisoning the debate and debasing us as a country in the blah, 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 you know, the, you know, the routine. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, it's just cable news people. It's not, that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, right. they have small wait, why, wait, 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 why doesn't it matter now? It mattered before. I think it matters both times. Mm-hmm. And it's very convenient the way they pick these things that don't matter. And it's also quite a dodge when you see so many, so many. Look, I, I, I think it's funny to watch Glenn Greenwald because he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's not just spiking the football. He's no, like, no, no. he's, he's like sharpening oh, yeah. its no. point oh, yeah. and pushing he it into the Adam's apple. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's putting a spike in their throats. Yeah. I mean, it is just, yeah, he's like, brutal. it is brutal. It is brutal. And like, look, I think that like Taibbi is a bit over on some stuff too. Right. Um, but I think that by and large, he's right. You know? I would add this. Uh, uh, one thing that comes up, uh, Camille, when you and I uh, talk or even have some uh, disagreements about, uh, the importance of bad media narratives mm. uh, is that I will frequently say yes and and the and for me or even it's a but in some cases is is let's not lose a sight of the behavior of people in power. Mm-hmm. 
And so part of that is the behavior, to, to Moynihan's point, um, the behavior of uh, the Trump administration, Trump himself, he's just lied about this shit over and over yeah, and over sure, again, yeah. constantly. That is bad behavior. He hired a bunch of goons. That's bad behavior on its sure. own. The goons lied, um, even if the lies weren't exactly um, you know, part of a conspiracy. And, and all that is bad behavior. Now, here comes my butt, which is that in this hysteria, which became the water that everyone swam in, really, uh, for a long time, um, there has been a number of statements by high-ranking Democrats over the years. I was just looking for the purposes of an LA Times column I was working on before coming in here. Like in January, Adam Schiff, who has like been absolutely rewarded as like the crown jewel of House Democrats over the last year and a half, he's got like a permanent, you know, his name is on the bench inside the green room at CNN and MSNBC. Um, he was just like, yeah, we don't really know uh, if, uh, who's Trump, who Trump is working for. It could be, uh, could be America first or it could yeah, be someone else. Absolutely. He says that constantly, yeah, right? Yeah. Eric uh, Swalwell, oh, Swalwell yeah. um, uh, uh, yeah, another yeah. Uh, California uh, uh, Democrat. Uh, said, um, uh, we don't really have any other explanation here. I think that Trump uh, might be working uh, in, in cahoots with uh, with uh, Vladimir Putin. That's the only thing that explains his behavior. This is two months ago. Um, saying, basically saying like Hillary Clinton did, he is a puppet. That is a grave grave accusation. It was a grave accusation when John McCain did that against Rand Paul and said that he's a stooge for Vladimir Putin, even though that was more hyperbolic than, uh-huh. than direct. But uh-huh. they're actually making the direct accusation or the heavy intima- intimation, which is McCarthyite. It mm-hmm. is actually who now we're getting to what that word means of that this powerful person is not working <laughs> with American interests in mind. That was that's been normalized to a degree that people, I think, have, have forgotten about. And we're seeing now with the people who are most invested in this and Rachel Maddow, I think, is the best Example, uh, I think you can argue that Joy Ann Reed, also at MSNBC, uh, the kind of uh, the, the the amount of <laughs> shell shock that was going through the building of people yeah, who've been who've been on this neighbor uh, this uh, this thing for us. We were talking before we we hit the tape here. Um, I don't watch a lot of cable news, but I watch it during lunch and right before dinner because it's in my kitchen. And Ari Melber, who's, and you're in the green room, and I and uh, no, you know, uh, <laughs> we're in the green room too, but uh, Ari Melber. Uh, uh, who has, uh, you know, he's got, got some amount of legal expertise before mm-hmm. he became a, um, uh, an anchor. He's just been hitting this nonstop forever, right? Um, and beginning a couple of weeks ago, it was really interesting to watch him because he was preparing his audience for the disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I, so I know, and he would talk slow um, just to make sure, I, I, I know um, that uh, it's, it's important to realize that, you know, the Mueller investigation has already accomplished a lot. I mean, we've already gotten, you know, six... Uh, indictments of people close to the the Trump five pled guilty. It's done this. We've, uh, you know, all these Russian indictments and things like that. It's really accomplished a lot. So, you know, if it comes out and it's not really what you'd expect, but like you can see preemptively this dread that it's not going to deliver it. And what does that say about uh, not even him necessarily or that network necessarily, but like the expectations of the audience, everyone was rooting for the president to be a puppet. Of Vladimir yeah. Putin, and, and, weird, and, and openly saying that they were disappointed when it was yes. shown that he wasn't, and I think it's really funny that uh, on those, uh, I, I think I sent this to you guys too. Is like right after the the bar summation came out, um, the CNN homepage had a graphic. That had the number of people that were indicted, the number of people that, you know, did this, that and the other, which is a hilarious like deflection. It's like, no, 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 something happened here. Something happened. And it happened actually the same thing. Speaking of WMDs is that there were 
like, um, you know, chemical weapons that were used or found in Iraq in 2003, 2004. And people are bringing that up and saying, no, no, they had them. Here they were. It's like, that's not what we're actually talking about. We're talking about something different here. But it's, it's really funny to, to see this stuff. And like, you know, Joy, Joy, do we call her Joy Ann Reed now? Is she taking the middle name no, now? She's taking the middle uh, Who's oh, Joy Reed? Friend. The one who writes the blog post? <laughs> <laughs> Joy Ann Reed is the one who, yeah. Yeah. I wonder who, I, I wonder who wrote her show for the past two years. Finally figured it out. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't write that. Actually, all this stuff about him being a puppet of Putin—that wasn't me. That was the same person. We finally figured it yeah. out. Well, she yeah. hasn't backed away from this yet. No, of course not. No, but she hasn't backed away from this yet because this looks like a cover-up. Of course, it's a cover-up. You know. <laughs> but the thing is, is that all this there is no it, it, journalism and partisan politics, and you know, one and the same in, in, in this instance. And we're talking about those types of journalists, not sort of down the middle journalists who, as we also pointed out, did get things wrong. Um, the, those, those types, the Joy Reid types and the Rachel Maddow types, there is no punishment ever for being wrong in this industry. And everybody listening to this who's outside of the industry that we work in, if they fucked up this much, they wouldn't have a job. And especially if they fucked up this much, this publicly, and they, they created some sort of campaign against somebody else in the office for doing something so horrible, and they made their bones, and they got raises, and they got on TV or whatever it might be, the Swalwells of the world, somebody you had never heard of two years ago, and you wouldn't have heard of, right? And all this, there's, there's no, you don't get punished for this, right? You these people like, oh, these reliably on TV. And, you know, the only way you do is if you're Michael Avenatti and you go to prison or you potentially go to prison or you lose your CNN contract. Both the guys, obviously, mm-hmm, uh, CNN, yeah. CNN contracts. And that's the way you lose if there's some sort of, you know, legal intervention. Right. Otherwise, that's fine. And the, it's the fine. legal doesn't intervention matter. there is just something totally unrelated. Doesn't matter. The, a moment ago, you were meant, we when we were talking about the Taibbi piece, um, which I also I mean, we've all read it. Um, I thought it was pretty splendid. But you said Moynihan that he suggested that this is worse than WMD. I think he said that, didn't he? And I think he did say it. But when he says it, it's not in terms of the real world consequence of getting the story wrong, but because of the way that it serves the interest of the Trump administration and destroys the credibility of the mainstream media. And he he went further and said, still, Russiagate has led to an unprecedented cooperation between the government and Internet platforms like Facebook, Twitter and Google all of which are are censoring pages on the left, right, and in between in the name of preventing discord. I, I would agree with you that the Trump administration in particular is most responsible for there ever having needed to be an investigation of this yeah. sort that put them under the microscope because they were consistently dishonest, because the, the president surrounded himself with scoundrels, yep. and because the president took it upon himself to fire to fire yeah. Comey, which created the need for this special counsel. It's not obvious which, that which, this would have way, been over a year ago which, by the or way, sooner it, had the president not intervened in pre- the circumstances. Pre- so right. he, yeah. he is the reason for, for all of, not all of, but a great deal of the hysteria it's certainly the case that the mainstream media has helped this along and has stirred up what I think is oftentimes just completely unjustified, hysterical, over-the-top mm. coverage, coverage that has been inconsistent at best and at its worst, just downright dangerous and bad in terms of just how speculative it is. But the climate of concern related to all of this, the lack of seriousness when talking about even the 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 presumed interventions into the election by the the Russians via Facebook, not putting that kind of stuff into consequence. I think all of that is hugely important. 
Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, well, the first thing is Steve Bannon, uh, Sloppy Steve. Remember <laughs> yes. Sloppy Steve? I do remember him. Sweating his way across yeah. Europe right now, the he's, he's Not to be mistaken with Mr. Barr, although they do look, no, they a, little look, they look a little bit like. He, of course, called the uh, Comey firing like one of the worst political mistakes in his lifetime. Which is so stupid. Which is stupid, and, and, and you know, he, he deserves what he gets in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But um, on the other point, it is fine. I think, I think if you're in the business of you know, um, sort of opinion journalism, as I think a lot of us are, right? That's what we do in, in a lot of ways. Um, and proper journalism, too. But in, in the sort of area of opinion journalism, I think speculation is totally fine. It oftentimes is justified. It's oftentimes what, what is required when you don't have a ton of information, but all things are pointing a particular way. That's why you decide to undertake investigations, because it looks like it's pointing in a particular way. But, but the big but here is that It is something rather different that despite the horror that I think that has been visited upon the United States and Washington, D.C. by this administration, and I stick to that, I think it's it's horrible and repulsive in almost every way. But despite that, it does not. It's a different thing when your speculation is that the president of the United States and those around him are guilty of treason. Literally the word used, I mean, anybody has a big charge. It's a charge that is punishable by death. Okay. (laughs) This is like accusing people of treason is a big deal. The reason that we look back on the McCarthy era, which, you know, is one, if I wanted to make my own Taibbi type statement and say, those people were more obviously communist than these people are Russian agents, by the way, um, or had ties to the, to the Soviet Union or Soviet embassies and whatever. Um, when you look back at that time, it wasn't, we're not breathless about it in the kind of historiography of the period because of communism as such, or because of the Soviet Union as such, is because it was the first time in a very, very long time that a collective fever, I would say first time since probably 1919 in the Palmer raids when it happened, also a red scare, and that this collective fever took over the government and heavy breathing meant that a huge swath of people and a number of people from Hollywood, for Christ's sake, of people doing, you know, writing scripts for the Philadelphia story uh, to people that were running unions or in the State Department were accused of being agents of a foreign power. That's why that makes that such a big story. We have mass hysterias and panics all the time, right? You know, daycare molestation panics of the 90s, right? This one sticks out because politically it's so bizarre Mm -hmm. that we had this moment that, you know, there were groups, you know, Robert Welch and the John Birch Society that were actually doing well in the way that it's kind of Maddow-like way, you know? I mean, Robert, those, those like booklets from the John Birch Society out of Appleton, Wisconsin, were being widely distributed. And, you know, William F. Buckley and, and, and the National Review had to make an actual break with them because they were kind of tied into the mainstream conservative movement and they wanted to give them money, et cetera. So he very famously went out and did that. So, I mean, it is it is like that is the parallel there is that, you know, it was so shocking because it was a large scale accusation of loyalty to a foreign power. That is different. I can speculate about why Vernon Jordan went to Revlon after he talked to Monica Lewinsky. He's like trying to get her a job. To me, that's Stormy Daniels uh, payment stuff, right? Because that's when we're talking about talking about obstruction. The, the, the obvious parallel there 
is, I mean, look, is it a campaign finance violation? It's not an obvious one. Yeah. Had, I mean, people have, you know, radio shows, television shows, right. where they, and entire segments, legal experts trying to figure out if it is. Yeah. And in Trump's sort of, you know, you know, half-witted mind, he's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a private thing. I don't want this lady talking. I'm running for president. Give her some money. Shut her up. This is what I do. Right. And if that is... The obstruction? I mean, it's a pretty thin read, yeah, I would I think, say. I think that's going to be adjudicated separately because there's so so many of these ongoing investigations. And which brings me to another point. I mean, when when folks who are finding a new way to triangulate after the revelations related to this closer of the special counsel investigation, they've said several things, one of which is, oh, my God, look how this letter is written. The language is just so precise. It looks like you could see future indictments that come where Mueller has taken his investigation and has spun it off so that they're looking into it at the state level. We don't know what's likely to come down the pike. So that's one thing. But I think related to that as well is the broader question of whether or not we are getting out over our skis if we take too much of what Barr has put in his summary, literally. Is it possible that the details of the actual report, once we get to see it, depending on how much of it we get to see, create a circumstance that is actually far worse for the president? Certainly when it comes to these obstruction far worse, questions. Far worse than it those, is now. For far sure. worse than it is now. Bank but, on that. Because those obstruction questions, especially because even the letter itself is is careful to quote to quote Mr. Mueller and say that, yeah, we're not clearing him of that. I can't make a decision either way. And then goes further and suggests that he offers evidence on both sides to suggest that certain things may, in fact, be construed or interpreted as obstruction of justice. The, the analogy here is is to uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016 and James Comey's uh, unusual press conference, mm-hmm. which for some reason a lot of people have That's forgotten. Uh, they're, they're, these things are, are pretty inextricably uh, tied up in many ways. That press conference, which was an announcement of a decision not to prosecute, mm-hmm. after all, right. was absolutely damning for Hillary Clinton because you could and we did at Reason, um, uh, you know, do a supercut of things that she claimed about her email server and Not then true. and yeah. then put Comey's rebuttal of it like in live uh, form here. And so in theory, if Mueller uh, was thinking like, hey, some of that evidence for obstruction was at least on the fence as far as I am concerned, um, uh, speaking in his voice there. Then there's going to be some things in there that look bad. Uh, and the reason for not prosecuting is that, eh, you know, maybe we shouldn't be prosecuting a president or a presidential candidate here and that the analog in the real world, we, you know, it would have to rise to a level like in an mm-hmm. obstruction case. You want to be able to, there to be an underlying crime um, if it is a person of some uh, uh, importance. And that was spelled out in the bar memo of like, that's why we uh, came to the conclusion with uh, Rod Rosenstein, among other things, that we weren't going to uh, uh, charge this. So that moment of the disgorging of details um, hasn't happened yet. That's going to happen in, uh, they say, a matter of weeks and not months now. Which, which they are now saying they will give the president, the White House, a, a first look at the uh, report before it goes public. I presume, uh, and maybe this is my touching, naive faith, uh, but that we're going to see most of that stuff uh, uh, public. That's my that There's going to well. be, because there's actually a motivation on the Republican side, too, Um uh, the people who think that this is a, a witch hunt and a deep state kind of uh, Mueller coup hashtag, 
they want to see the underlying charging documents and uh, and affidavits for search warrants and pen registers and all that kind of stuff because they suspect malfeasance. Great. I mean, not great that there might be uh, malfeasance, but great. Let's get as much of that stuff out there as humanly possible. What we should remember and that no one will, but I'm just going to stick up for this because I have an obscure bit of knowledge about grand juries. Um, is that grand juries really suck from the from the point of view of witnesses. You're compelled to testify. You don't have uh, a, a, a constitutional right to say, you know what, I'm going to take the fifth on this one. The Fifth Amendment doesn't apply to you, um, Camille Foster, in the grand jury setting. Mm-hmm. You can be held in contempt of a grand jury and, and put behind bars. In the, in the Barry Bonds case, uh, you know, who served the longest in the Balco trials? It wasn't anybody who was selling steroids to anybody or using steroids. It was Barry Bonds' friend mm. um, because he refused to testify to the grand jury because you do not have the right to tell a grand jury no. So compelled testimony should be treated with more respect and care um, uh, than it frequently is and, and probably will be in this case because that person is, is kind of testifying against their own uh, wishes. But that's probably not going to be paid attention to too much. It's going to be more protecting of sources and methods and all that I, kind of I, crap. I, but I think we'll see most of it. I'm really, I have some news. Yeah. Yes, it just came in from Wikipedia. Oh, no. Uh-oh. I think I went to high school with Seth Abramson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I think I did. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, yeah. same year kind of thing? Uh, How no. did you not remember a guy named Seth? You uh, should have been beating him I up. I just look at it. He looks like somebody I probably punched. <laughs> no, he, was, he was two years, he would have been two years younger than me. Wow, he looks familiar. Oh, no. Yeah, he's from my hometown. There was a big piece on, I think, in, in like Playboy or something, like an 8,000 word uh, what, what uh, is, profile of Seth Abramson. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, right I was going to bring Seth him talking up. about now? Well, Seth is great um, because my old uh, Concordian friend, Seth, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> I've seen you since back in the day. I don't remember. How are you not talking in a Concord voice? Uh, <laughs> that's the Concord voice. Oh, we don't talk okay. like that. Oh, we don't okay. talk like those people. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at, you his, are, uh, at his Twitter at his Twitter stream now. I see a little uh, a, a helpful image. What what is it? Levels is... of proof, no evidence, scintilla. Oh no, yeah, no, yeah. No, it's it's no. funny. It's Probable funny. cause. I wish he talked. Did you see who did the Playboy interview with Seth Abramson? No. no. Virginia Hefferman. Oh, wow. Oh, Jeez. These oh. guys, that's... that's a, I mean, this is a thing that um, came up on his Twitter feed. I want to point out <laughs> that Seth Abramson... What's going on, dude? Is... Um, <laughs> People may not know who he is. Yeah, so well, he's um, a... I think he's essentially like a poetry professor at UNH, at University <laughs> of New Hampshire. He is too, isn't he? Yeah, something like that, creative writing or poetry or some nonsense. But he is clearly an expert in the field. Simon & Schuster, a... Um, reputable publishing house, so I believe published Jill Abramson's book, too, um, uh, published his book in November of last year called Proof of Conspiracy. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> shut down the Mueller investigation. The poetry professor has got proof of conspiracy. So Seth Abramson... Pr- proof of collusion. Is it Proof of Collusion? No, no, I, it's Proof of Conspiracy. I think it's Proof of Conspiracy. Proof of, proof of Conspiracy is the name of the book. Where? Yeah, Fisher, so, you're so, supposed so, to be on top of this story. Says, says here... Yeah, well, they're wrong. What is that? Is I that think Insider... He, the seven, oh, Playboy. The seven thousand word interview. Well, here. I think That's they. I, I, I think to be I'll fair, be I think they. Heffernan. I think they changed the name of it right. to Proof of Conspiracy. Yeah. It's a follow from Proof Proof of uh, Collusion. Uh-huh. And um, this is uh, one from a. Was it twenty fourth today? Was this yesterday? Yesterday? Yeah, two days ago. Seth Abramson. This got ten thousand likes and four point two thousand retweets out of his six hundred and twenty five thousand followers. Talk about the grifters that got got famous off of this. Mm. 
This is my favorite bit of goalpost shifting I've seen in this whole mess. How long will it be before someone on television realizes that, quote, all the accusations of collusion that were coming from Trump critics for years involved Trump selling U.S. foreign policy for personal wealth? Hmm. And it turns out that that's not what Mueller investigated at all. So I, it didn't make sense. But so so it doesn't you can't even debate the point because I may, it might, maybe it's a poem. I'm not sure because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. But he is uh, basically saying that. Um, yeah, no, we were right. We were right. They, he, they were just looking at the wrong thing because he was selling foreign policy, blah, 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 for blah, blah. I don't know what that evidence is, but I'm sure Seth, uh, my fellow Concordian. Uh, has it, and I believe I guess we, I guess we went to high school together. God. One of the uh, one of the fallbacks that I also saw uh, yesterday, Ben Rhodes was on TV, the former Obama foreign policy guy, um, and now he's probably he's a podcast. They're all podcasters. Mm. Disreputable. Yeah, um, can't trust those people. And he said, and I saw a half a dozen people say this uh, on on the the televisions um, who had been previously in pretty strong uh, positions about this whole thing. Said, well, um, it still leaves unexplained. You know, Trump's. Uh, bizarrely obsequious uh, behavior towards Putin. So, like, we still don't know why that is. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that bothers me about that, besides that you're backpedaling, it's a dodge. That's not what the, the investigation was about. Um, and you're just like you're 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 still kind of making the accusation, the intimation that there's something uh, skeevy there, even though we just spent 22 months looking into it pretty closely. Mm -hmm. um, but it also to me, and this is why I think sometimes there should be more opinion journalists in the middle of journalist journalists or commentators uh, because or people who work for ideological journals um you have to be able to recognize that there are some identifiable aspects of Donald Trump's foreign policy approach. And it's not a surprise that it would overlap somewhat with Vladimir Putin's. Um, it's not I mean, Steve Bannon, uh, Pat Buchanan, they don't have hotel deals in Moscow, um, but they are going to be more positively inclined towards Vladimir Putin and share some broad approaches or at least have some overlaps compared to almost everybody else in the American foreign policy establishment because they're coming from a different point of view, mm -hmm. a point of view of nationalism, uh, a point of view that is uh, intolerant of or or contemptuous of both international institutions and the people of uh, the globalist cucks uh, who apologize for them and work for them. Uh, and there's a reason why Vladimir Putin's always interested in these nationalist movements, whether it's in this country or especially all over Europe. There's there's just a, it, there's something natural there. And to and to like look at Donald Trump, it's like, gosh, nothing explains this. Mm -hmm. There must be some kind of crazy exogenous something or other that explains his weird behavior. Yes, he, he, he behaves weirdly and he's done strange things. His meeting with Putin in Helsinki was completely bizarre. It is bizarre not to have a trance. There's a bunch of, it's yeah. totally weird. There's a bunch of individual things above and beyond ideology, but to, to ignore it to pretend like there is no like ideological, at least semi explanation mm -hmm. for this. Two weeks after uh, he fired Comey, uh, I did a long tweet storm. Uh, God damn my soul. Speaking of uh, Seth uh, Abramson, um, that kind of that kind of uh, the Ernst Younger of Twitter, uh, storm of steel. And I, I retweeted it, at the, uh, I think, uh, over the weekend. So you can go look and, and I invited people to read it and uh, to reread it and see how it, it holds up. But the basic idea was was just that uh, Trump is a foreign policy novice who has this kind of natural overlap. He's also a, a, a New York 
piece of crap and hires a bunch of goons around him who are eminently, you know, if you throw a, the weight of an investigation behind him, you go and find some dirty people doing dirty things for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at a minimum, they'll lie for seemingly little, <laughs> for little no to reason no reason. reason. At all. <laughs> it's like, no, thinking that they can get away no, with I've it. I've never had a conversation with, uh, with the Russian ambassador. Why would I do that? That might all be more of an explanation for this unthinkable thing mm-hmm. than almost anything else. And if so, we're on the verge of expending a whole lot of, of time and, and kind of nas- national angst over this thing, which we, uh, Pace Moynihan, I don't know if I'm using Pace correctly um, <laughs> or even pronouncing it correctly, uh, we, needed, <laughs> we needed to do some version of it for sure. Um, but uh, but there was always an obvious explanation there um, and that people didn't want to entertain. So I think there's a point of fact, Fisher. You, you were, it seems, half right about this proof of collusion yes. situation. Yeah. There are there are two books. Two books. One proof of conspiracy. One yeah. proof of collusion. Oh, the author. Uh, yes. By the way, my favorite thing about um, the ridiculous uh, Seth Abramson um, is in his Twitter bio. It says, um, "Professor, you know, University of New Hampshire, columnist Newsweek," which I think was rated by the feds. Yeah. So I don't know if that exists anymore. <laughs> um, proof of conspiracy, which is not some St. Martin's Press. I correct myself there. In analysis at BBC, and I looked on his own YouTube page where he, of course, posts everything that he's ever done. And he's apparently uh, been on BBC twice. And that's enough to narrow. <laughs> wow. yeah. one, one quick thing yeah. about the Seth Abramson. Maybe he's done on more than that, but it's but he, I can find two online. So that's a that's a Seth. That's you're you, you're not affiliated with the BBC. He's, he's, <laughs> I've been on BBC more than you. <laughs> there, there's there was a subculture of resistance uh, heroes on Twitter, and Seth Abramson was one. The Game Theory guy was one. Luis Mensch was one. Yeah. The Krasensteins were. Right. Um, you know, they're you're saying were they're not dead. They yeah. are still there. They're well, still is, active. They're still spinning. But what's the game now? The the game what? is that we haven't seen the report. And after we've seen the report, it's they got to the, they got to Mueller. The Krasenstein brothers uh, <laughs> published a uh, children's book where uh, Robert <laughs> Mueller, really? Robert Mueller was a like, Chippendales dancer. Oh, that's right. He was like super cut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Those guys are. Awful. I went I went looking for um, uh, the Saturday Night Live clip. You know, uh, all I want for Christmas is Mueller yeah. um, uh, to use. in. Uh, I don't the, know why you would do just so, reason. so I can sleep at night. Make sure your case is tight. Uh, yeah, uh, just so I could use it to, uh, for a reason podcast. And, uh, and what I'd forgotten is that that wasn't the only late night comedy that had a Christmas related Mueller thing. Late night with Stephen Colbert also had the 12 days of Christmas that I'm were, sure. uh, yeah. about Mueller. And he's been very sad recently. Uh, yeah. and it's, and it's like, uh, you know, on the third day we locked up Don Jr. in jail. It isn't that great. And it's like. Do you, can you stand back and listen? I mean, I, Don Jr. has the most, like, the worst beard uh, this side of Peter Suderman. Uh, it's it's, it, it's just, just seeing if you're listening, Peter. Uh, but no, you want to slap him. He's awful. Uh, I'm sure he's venal and corrupt in his own way. But, like, sitting around and, like, rooting for people to go to jail. Can, can we talk about that for a little bit? Because the the— it's already the case that the Trump administration has, has been trying to, to weaponize, is the word that I've seen used in some headlines, this recent victory um, with the, the finding that there has been no collusion. Not finding. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, not exoneration. Right. Of obstruction. Yes. Go on. Um, but in either case, the, this this enemies list that was circulated um, earlier this week, and it wasn't so much an enemies list as I guess it was a, a board game that like the examiner or someone put together. No, it was, it was a bracket. Like Brackets for March bracket. Madness. Madness. It was yeah. a New York Post thing. So, so there's that, but there's also the 
notice that they circulated yesterday around to different media organizations talking about the various people who'd been on television and who'd said nasty things about the president and who the networks should not have on anymore. And there have been the president and not just the president, but others, recent calls to investigate Hillary Clinton, the Obama administration, various people associated with the Obama administration for a number of reasons. The, the explicit calls for politically what seem like politically motivated investigations of the opposition and the hope and aspiration on both sides, both amongst Democrats and Republicans, to see their opponents locked up in jail. Lock these are up. these are the things that we were supposed to fear from a Trump regime, which have certainly manifested themselves on the left right now. The, some, a lot of disappointed people, my mother-in-law included, uh, found out about the Mueller uh, report and the immediate response was disappointment. And I said, well, what do you want the president to be impeached for? She said, well, collusion. It's like <laughs> absent, absent evidence. It's like, well, well, yeah. Pro- the, the, all this proof of collusion, 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 you know. Use um, your collusion use your collusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the collusion incident. Not as interesting. <laughs> a follow-up record. A lot of covers on it or something. Yeah, the, I the, got that. It's a Guns N' Roses. Yeah, there you, go. there you go. Um, there's... Um, you know, it's just it's just very strange because, again, the gravity of that charge cannot be sort of understated um, or overstated because, I mean, you have you have essentially I mean, to think about this. If you've paid attention to the way the Russians have operated, the Russian government, the Soviet government in particular has operated in the United States in sort of every year since 1917. You know that they have worked very hard to flip everybody in American government towards them in one way or another, right? The, the, what it takes to get somebody to do anything on behalf of a foreign power is rather difficult, right? I mean, you don't just go into rooms and they say like, uh, this Mr. Kislyak, do you want something and you do it? It's going to be gone, no, no problem. Great times. It's not, this stuff is difficult, right? And the, 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 the idea that the intelligence, I mean, because this was the weird thing. Do you remember after all this started and there were leaks from the intelligence community, which, you know, is in some ways, you know, I trusted maybe too much mm. and um, th- that were like, you know, we're worried about this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my first response to that was like, you guys don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, like, he's a president, and that's kind of a big operation. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, it's not the Facebook thing. Yeah. It's a kind of a big thing. We're going to yeah. flip the president, right? right? And and it also, you know, to Matt's point about the Buchananite foreign policy, which is one that, that I'm not in league with, I don't like um, in any way. And it doesn't mean that the opposite of that is the one that I like either, but th- I don't, I'm not, you know, the death of the West guy. And the fact that Donald Trump went from running or trying to grab the Reform Party nomination by calling Pat Buchanan a neo-Nazi and somebody mm-hmm. who's not worthy of, of um, anybody's attention or shouldn't be on the political stage to sort of internalizing his ideas. I think Matt's, you know, point is right, is that Trump doesn't have any coherence to his sort of foreign policy thoughts, but I think he has a basic thing. Like he's always been consistent about China being the enemy, for instance, right? He's pretty consistent about uh, immigration and that's part of the whole trade thing. And they're, they're taking our jobs kind of thing. And on foreign policy, 
you still find stuff back then. I mean, like the 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 uh, Iraq thing, which he lied about, right? That he was against the Iraq War. Right. He was briefly said on like Howard Stern or something. He wasn't, but it wasn't like he was writing editorials or you know taking out full page ads, which he has tends to do sometimes too. It was a kind of a lazy jingoistic thing, I think, um, after the Iraq War. So it's. But what happens if the American people elected a person who happens to agree with Vladimir Putin? That's what happened. And, you know, it doesn't mean that he's going to surround himself only with people who are going to do the bidding of the Kremlin. Because you see that as not. He has not. He has not. not. But he is somebody. And and I think that that what gives lie to this, and and it exposes all of it in a way, is look at how this wretched man deals with the North Koreans. Mm-hmm. What has he been flipped by the North Koreans? Why is he so nice to this genocidal maniac yeah. in Pyongyang? Why? Yeah. He must have been flipped. No, 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 no. It is something in his character, and you can spend ten hours trying to figure out what that is. But I think I probably have a guess at it. But you know, it's it doesn't necessarily mean these people think that like it's a spy novel, right? You know, this is an Eric Ambler. Really, really big tower in uh, in uh, Pyongyang. He's been a fan of authoritarians for the entire time he's been making public statements. Exactly. He even came out in support of the Chinese government he's, clearing Tiananmen Square. Yeah, he was, a, he was pro yeah. Tiananmen. Yeah. What did he, how he, did was he describe pro, that? It's so like funny. Very, the man, very, the man very, who very hates. Tough, very strong. Yeah, yeah, strong response. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, strong response. Is, good, strong is one word for that. It's like you have been consistent on one issue, which is hating China. The only thing they've done that you didn't hate was murdering students. So, yeah, you know, I don't think it necessarily is collusion. I think it's some sort of mental disorder that that he has. But, you know, it is. I mean, the importance of this kind of thing we have never had. I mean, the biggest spy cases that we had in American history and the ones that people remember most was Alger Hiss, the sort of medium level State Department employee who's uh, was a Soviet spy and went to the Yalta conference and perhaps he flipped FDR and uh, was actually, I think it was at that point was, um, yeah, I think he went to, yeah, no, 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 but he went, I was trying to think if he went to Yalta or something. He went to Yalta, right? And then we gave away supposedly the the Eastern Bloc Yalta. Maybe that's the thing, right? Maybe that's a big thing, right? Or the Rosenbergs, they gave away atomic secrets. Both these people, by the way, guilty. Um, But probably not the most important things. Was Ethel a part of it? So these, I mean, you think of the biggest spy cases in American history and they're not that big because you know you have klaus fuchs giving information for the bomb they would have gotten it elsewhere that's the 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 argument by a lot of the rosenberg's defenders and some of it's compelling but they're not huge deals right they're not the president i mean that's like the fucking stuff of a james patterson book and we're just having these casual conversations about it on tv for two years Mm -hmm. if we were really uh, you know being led by somebody controlled at the lubyanka in moscow I think we didn't react strong enough. Yeah. But the, right? but the, but the yeah, investigations geez. are going to continue. As I, as I mentioned, it's like Rand Paul talking about infinite. definitely bringing in Obama administration officials in order to talk to them about potential FISA abuses. Some of this actually seems completely legitimate to me. Um, the Obama, I'm, I'm remembering this New York Times piece from March of 2017 describing what the Obama administration was doing in December, just before the Trump administration came in. Both, it, I would imagine, probably immediately after the, the election was concluded. Um, but the headline was Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hack. And the story explains how they were desperately trying to facilitate this situation where they were pushing all of the recent intelligence findings or 
imagined intelligence findings to various agencies so that it couldn't be squelched by anyone, so that the Trump administration simply couldn't disappear it, to make certain that at every level of the federal bureaucracy and in the intelligence community, there was this suspicion about the incoming administration. It is the sort of thing which, if the Trump administration were involved in that, I can't imagine that you would use really pretty sanitized language. Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hacking. To do that to your uh, yeah. political opponent on well, your I, way out I, I the door that, is yeah. actually pretty dark and sinister yeah. on some level. Yeah, and, and that's what I wonder Trump about. When, the same thing. <laughs> but, but, but that's what yeah. I wonder about when I wonder about the the, the political the politicized nature of all of the investigations that are necessarily already in progress, but are necessarily going to be going on at an even greater level. It's not, but it's not going to be a greater level. I you mean, don't Mueller, think so? Well, no, just that Mueller had more powers than than congressional well, that's, that's, sure, investigations will have. Sure, and I think there's a lot of. I mean, it's like whenever you hear. Lindsey Graham or some other schmo say, or Mark Meadows, uh, you know, we're going to refer um, these people for uh, prosecution to the Justice Department for prosecution. That just means you're going to um, say that into a microphone and nothing will happen. Right. They're not going to prosecute anybody. It's just mm-hmm. a way of saying, hey, Trumpy, whoo, Trumpy, I'm on your side. OK, we're good. Um, so a lot of that is just noise. I don't think there's going to be a lot of political appetite for having super extended investigations on either side. I think uh, Democrats are going to do a bunch. And I'm I think a lot of that is going to be fine on some level because that's mm-hmm. what the House. Uh, I mean, that's what the legislative branch should be um, to within some degrees um, holding the executive branch feet to the fire. I didn't have a lot of problem with all the Benghazi investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, they were clownish. That's what these things always are like. Um, but that's kind of fine on, on their own. But I don't think that there's going to be an endless, as powerful, as all-consuming uh, oxygen uh, for this, partly because beginning, what, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, for the first time, there's more than 50 percent of Americans agreed with the, with the characterization of that this is a witch hunt, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. a, a desire for impeachment has just like fallen through the floor. There isn't a huge market for this. And Democrats, importantly, didn't win the midterm elections to the degree that they did that by issue. running on this issue. But they ran on health But you don't have a norms and you don't have a norms concern, Matt? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely a pro McDonald, uh, anti Cheers, guy. <laughs> yeah, I, and by the way, you know, and uh, talk about an own goal to bring health care and Obamacare back up again. And the Democrats mm. are very quickly pivoting. So stupidly. That. Incredibly stupid. I mean, you're take your victory lap and, and, and do it, but don't sprint through your victory lap, you mm-hmm. know, because the other thing that, that it's, it's interesting, that number was astonishing to me that 50% because it shows you the lesson that Donald Trump has learned from 2014 to today is that simple communication is the best and beating the drum over and over again. Fake news is something that everybody says now. Um, because Donald Trump repeated it so much. And it's in, in this in this context, it's it's pretty funny because you would expect somebody's political you know, advisors to tell somebody like Donald Trump under investigation to you know, you just relax. Let's 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 let this investigation, you know, find its appropriate end and you'll be vindicated because you know that you're innocent, et cetera. Um, I think that's the political advice that a lot of people would get, you know, if it was John F. Kennedy or Jimmy Carter or whatever it was. John Dowd, that was his that, advice yes. to Trump and he yeah, got yeah, fired. It, or he exactly. And what he did was every day say it's fake news. It's a witch hunt. This is insane. These people are liars. 13 angry Democrats. Yeah. And it's yes. And then and, and, and guess what? It has it has an effect because. You know, I thought the effect that it would have that w- the kind of misdirection on the American people would be the fact that w- Russia, as one would expect, 
did try to interfere with the American election. There's nothing surprising about that. Why would we be surprised about that? I, you know, the American intelligence agencies expect this stuff too. The manner in which it was done was kind of haphazard. I don't think it really had any effect and no one's proven or made a suggestion that it really did swing the election one way or another. And it's about Facebook stuff and, you know, the internet uh, research agency, which is very um, confusing for an Irish American that I keep on seeing that Don, <laughs> Donald Trump has no connection to the IRA. And yeah, like, Thank yeah. God. <laughs> Jerry Adams <laughs> calling you fucking bastard. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it's it, it, an incredible victory for for the this administration but i think that it's uh, that uh it would be premature to to attribute this to relentless messaging if if michael cohen had gone and said donald trump coached me in person to lie to congress we'd be having a much different conversation yeah, right now yeah, totally. but when yeah. push came to shove he said nope that didn't happen like that yeah. also i wasn't in prague uh and uh, you know two or three other things the some ho- hotel elevator tape that i guess has been on the uh, fever swamps for a long time doesn't mm-hmm. exist uh all all these kind of like the 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 biggest dreams of the uh, anti-Trump conspiracy theorists were dashed by Cohen's testimony. I think that was that was really the moment that it was like, okay, this is not going to happen. You are not going to get the magic wand to make Trump go away. And and furthermore, why would you really want one? I never understood that. Why wouldn't you if you wanted to to decisively banish Trumpism and Bannonism, the whole bit. They're not thinking this through. Uh, Why don't you win the hell out of an election and consign those people to history while the Republican Party breaks in half? That seems like a possibility. It's too urgent to consider. And I'll say a final point on this is that is that back to this madness that has gripped people and you're asking them to think logically about it and say, this is probably not how you want to dislodge Mm -hmm. Trumpism from Washington, D.C. We can never uh, underestimate how insane this has taken over certain people, because, I mean, you look at Rachel Maddow and she still has to be on TV and has to like, you know, dial it in a little bit, not really, but a little tiny bit. So um, Anthony mentioned that um, Seth Abramson was interviewed by by Playboy, which is apparently recently in Virginia Heffernan, um, who has lost her mind (laughs) and uh, who I I don't know. She's like a television critic for The New York Times or something. But um, she has an opinion column with the Los Angeles Times. Oh, she does. Good. I'm glad. Uh-huh. I'm glad we uh-huh. have it. So let me, let me just read you. I just want this is, I just think to, to people to remember that New York Times, Los Angeles Times, um, this is Playboy magazine. Somebody who has many Twitter followers and has some, some sort of influence. The question, um, this is a question at the beginning of a question, just to give you a sense of how deep the rot goes mm. is, uh, these are uncanny times. And this is the important bit. I walk through my days as an American thinking simultaneously we're under Russian occupation. What? And <laughs> wow. another day at the office. Wow. Um, so that's what, that's what these people think. Because this is not a thing that, you know, Carter Page, who when you look at him, by the way, <laughs> is like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get some Russians. It's like he just looks <laughs> stupid. He just looks like a dumb person. Un- right? Uncharged. 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 <laughs> Too stupid to actually do anything. That was your point, man. Remember that, remember that thing, the Russians, the, the, the traffic? I think it was like this. Intelli- signals intelligence pickup or something of the Russians like I can't believe this guy <laughs> <laughs> I mean not, not smart than they have I don't know I think he might be quite stupid I don't know his name's Carter Pages um, but it's like that guy is the fucking mustache twisting you know b- b- 
cat stroking evil genius behind this stuff. And then you have this, this uh, Virginia happening in Playboy magazine saying we're under Russian occupation. I want her to be wearing a Rambo belt and like a headband uh, made out of the torn cloth of her vanquished enemies who she skinned on the battlefield and just screaming Wolverines with with Louis Mensch and, uh, and don't don't give them any ideas. uh, And, uh, and Rachel Maddow and just like, do it like go out there and don't, fight don't give them let's, ideas let's, Some, someone someone might and that's that's the other sort of nasty dark edge to to all of this goofiness um the one other thing that that comes to mind though is just the fact that here like there's been a fair amount of skepticism about the russian investigation and about the hysteria that seems to have gripped a lot of people in the mainstream media and i i wonder about the things that stood out to you gentlemen uh, along the way that made you skeptical of certain things. I know for me, it was always a a rather outlandish story, which was the first thing. But certainly once the indictment started to come in, there were things about the indictments that just did not make a great deal of sense. The notion that there were these high level contacts within the Trump campaign and, and to the Russians. But all along the way, the various indictments are giving you evidence that the, the context didn't really seem to be there. And to the extent they were starting to be developed or they were asking people like Roger Stone to get information from uh, WikiLeaks, the, the actual documents that were coming down from the indictments all seemed to suggest that he didn't have nearly but, but, the sort of but, influence or access that anyone thought he did, that he was almost certainly but making think about, this Think about what you're up. saying right here. Uh-huh. Think about this. For yeah. Nobody's thinking about this. And that's never, as far as I can tell, I thought about this way is that, is that you're saying the, the, the WikiLeaks thing, uh-huh. the Trump administration trying to figure out what they have. Right. Yeah. And we, we have the date screw up. Remember that was, yeah, yeah. CNN, was CNN. Yeah. Yep. Who, you know, didn't perform very well on this. My very simple question here is if this is a, uh, uh, white house occupied and a campaign compromised, why the fuck do they have to ask Roger Stone to do anything? It's bizarre. It's uh, bizarre. It I mean, doesn't why, make any sense. Why does, like, I mean, it, it, it is like asking Roger Stone anything. The la- the first time I talked to Roger Stone before the before the end of the campaign, before the end of the, uh, yeah, the campaign was in October of 2016. I was in New Orleans with him and he told me he was fully accepting that Trump was going to lose. And he was telling me that he was threatening the Trump, uh, the Trump campaign because they fired him. Right. And he claimed, no, 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 I left. And they said, oh, I fired him. And he's like, you know, I have the receipts sort of thing. And I am. And he said to me, and this is this is true that he said it to me. I don't know if it's true. He said, I signed an NDA, but my lawyer looked at it and it's not valid because it wasn't signed by the right people on their end. Hmm. So I don't have to keep my mouth shut about anything. And this is the guy that they're trusting with everything. This is a guy who they fired from the campaign. This is a guy who then told me that day, Michael, you have to be prepared because I'm coming up with an, a book soon, which, of course, Trump won. And he came out with different books about the Trump campaign and everything, <laughs> changed gears pretty quickly. It was about about how um, John F. Kennedy Jr., uh, who, who died in a tragic plane crash on the way to Martha's Vineyard, uh, was murdered by the Clintons. It was yeah. murdered by Hillary Clinton. And he's like, I got the weather data. It's, it was not bad out that day. And I'm like, Roger, you're a fucking insane person. And, you know, they, I think one of the things that is, 
is funny is it doesn't it reminds me of that bit in Hannah and her sisters where where <laughs> she comes in to to Max von Sydow who's watching a documentary on the Holocaust and she's like I can't believe that this happened and he's like I can't believe it doesn't happen more often you know this is a sinister kind of thing is like I look at the indictments I'm like I can't believe there are more of them because if you go to any Trump or Trump related event in DC as I've been to a, mm. a bunch of them you look around and it is the D team of DC conservatism <laughs> <laughs> it is the lumpy weird from Breitbart and from Gateway Pundit and all these people. I remember I was with uh, one night a guy from Gateway Pundit because I was doing a story and we didn't use this element of the story, which I'd like to resurface sometimes, uh, sometime. And, and he was going to have dinner with um, Paul Manafort and somebody else, somebody else in that, like it, maybe it was Roger Stone and Paul Manafort mm. for dinner. And it was like some person from literally a blog called gateway pundit which is a conspiracy theory like this is the people that got snatched up and so snagged up in this right so if you look at the others that came and went because they were trying to bring some sort of professionalism to the organization those are also people that were not going to be around especially the the ones that the the breitbart people so contemptuously contemptuously referred to as the generals of the military people they were like right. yeah i'm serving in a occupied government right now that's something that i'm definitely you know happy about doing it's to Camille's point of like, what did was the first thing is that it all seemed very suspicious to me. And I was very happy about an investigation and I was scratching my chin at a lot of it. But then you start meeting the characters and you start seeing the details and you're like, man, these are just like Felix Sater is a great example of this. Felix Sater is a, is a scumbag from Brighton beach, right? Who went to jail in 1994 for slashing a guy in the face with a margarita glass. And then he go and broke from it. So he started some boiler room operation and went to prison for that too. And got, and then claimed that he worked for the CIA and got the CIA bin Laden's phone number. You know, he said this and uh, Loretta Lynch actually confirmed that he was working for American intelligence. So, I mean, these are the types of people like two bit Russian gangsters. Mm. And the fact that he's Russian and from Brighton beach is, is irrelevant because Felix Sater got into real estate. Right. And then when he was in at Bayrock and trying to get in Trump Tower and he was working out of Trump Tower, he was great. He was he was easy because Russians at that had money. And it's 2004, 2005. Let's build something for the nouveau riche in Russia. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Real estate guys. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, but apparently he knew he was going to run for president and he knew Putin was really going to dig his heels in in 2004, 2005. And this was just playing the long game. Do not give these people too much credit. Yeah, they're not bright. Yeah, they're I, not. I, None of them are. I, I, so for a long time, I would look at um, uh, like uh, the competing things that that fell apart. So there on there was on the on the Louis Mensch thing. Yes, the U.S. marshaled the Supreme Court didn't <laughs> yeah. didn't declare Orrin Hatch president yeah. and execute Steve Bannon and other states. Yes. No pleasure. Yeah. Um, all right. The so marshal of the court is doing that. What are you talking about? Uh, so yeah, all that, but that was none. That was nonsense from the beginning. At, at the same time, on the right, there was a bunch of nonsense too. The Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, sure. Sean oh Hannity yeah. access, which yeah. is constantly yeah. you know this is not just worse than Watergate, but it's Watergate. I actually used the Moynihan uh, thing. It's Watergate on human growth hormone and, stereo <laughs> yeah. and steroids. Um, uh, and, you know, the Nunez memo is going to really expose and lay there bare. And it's going to be, you know, the secret society and the FBI. Um, so all of their expectations were falling flat. And in fact, for, for a long time, it seemed to me were falling flatter, becoming more ridiculous quicker than what was coming out, not of the Louise Menches, but uh, uh, out of the Mueller uh, team itself. Mm -hmm. Like when they went in and raided uh, Cohen's offices, like, oh, okay, 
uh, Cohen seems like sleazebag. We're going to find out now. They're going to find out some stuff, yeah. and I presume they're going to find out some illegal Remember stuff. Remember there that, were the audio tapes early on. Yeah, there's uh, audio mm-hmm. tapes. So uh, it seemed to me <laughs> like they were adding up. But so the moment that I I, I thought it was leading up somewhere um, that was uh, um, uh, more interesting, probably up until the Roger Stone. Mm-hmm. And it's just because we all sort of know Roger Stone a little bit. Mm. And yeah, I, I remember you assuring me that the Manafort thing would not be the high water mark of this uh, of this whole circumstance. Yeah, I, was I, during one of our recordings, I, I probably thought the Manafort thought well because I, I presume if you're rolling rolling the guy up, you're yeah. rolling him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is going to lead to a question um, uh, at some point, depending on how. The laying out of evidence, uh, how it comes out, if there's a lot of evidence, if it sort of changes the way that we look at all of it, um, if it is actually like super exonerative of Donald Trump, which I don't expect it to be. But let's just say for the sake of argument. Yeah, to to be clear, I don't expect it. I don't expect it to be. But if it was, (laughs) if it was, then we'd be talking about special prosecutorial uh, uh, abuse and, and overreach. Like you rolled up a bunch of people into nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the, the stone thing, and that's where my skepticism, belated skepticism kind of came in. It's just that Roger Stone's a bullshit artist. He's right? a bullshit artist. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a dirty trickster. He's a bullshit artist. Uh, he, uh, it was so easy to imagine him saying, oh, yeah, I got, I got the in with uh, WikiLeaks. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think as uh, both of you guys were sort of at least hinting, and we maybe talked about it before, like if there is a Russian conspiracy with WikiLeaks and the presidential campaign, it's goofy. you don't need to go to Roger Stone yeah. because you're part of the conspiracy. Like yeah. everyone's working together. You don't need to like get Jerome fucking Corsi <laughs> involved on the case. Yeah. Get the badger. Uh, I think it was yeah. Jerome Cro- Corsi who responded to one of like Roger's emails. It's like, dude, just chill out. Chill yeah. out. I can't <laughs> send Jerome, them notes. Jerome I can't send the people at WikiLeaks notes every single day. Just chill out. I, I the man with that Beat red cantaloupe <laughs> face. They're just like sweating and breathing and about oh to have a heart God. attack. That man is completely psychotic, by the way. And the fact that he is in anyone's orbit, he I don't he was in he was in Stone's orbit. So those bad. guys hang out together. He's not he's not you know Stone is not like calling up John Kelly or something. He's not even calling yeah. up Kellyanne Conway. The, what goes on in Roger's head is a fairly interesting thing, and because it's it, it, half of it is true, but maybe about a, a quarter of it's true. And when I, and you know, he's obviously lands on Alex Jones's show. And I, and I asked Alex Jones, like, do you talk to the president? And it's so funny to watch somebody switch <laughs> into bullshit because they, he's like, it's like when he's, when he's on his own, he just yells and he gets into his flow. But he's like, oh, you know, Michael, I do talk to him. <laughs> hey, it's got all times. I mean, we're not like in close contact anymore. I was like, so he was on by Skype one time and that was it. Like there's not, I mean, I don't think that but he did tell a, his reputation was, was, was phenomenal. Yeah, but like it, it was phenomenal. it's so funny about Trump that way is that what, what gets him in so much trouble is that he might not even know who Alex Jones was. <laughs> and he's just like, you're the best. Your reputation. He says that to a, like, he's like, he's like a consummate bad schmoozer who thinks he's good, right? Uh, and he goes into the room and he's like, you, you're the one. You're the one. I love you. Love the stuff that you do. Actually yeah, I, saw him, I saw him do that in spin rooms after the debates. Like, yeah. he, like very few of the Republican candidates would do the spin rooms, but Trump would. And oh, he would yeah. just come out and be like, I got you. I got you, baby. Yeah. 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 I got you. Yeah. Baby. 
<laughs> the Sonny Bono effect. Oh my god! Yeah, no, he's like an. A, a just, it's people. There's a point at which you have to give him human characteristics uh, to have a debate about him. Yeah, but uh, you know, sometimes you don't. You just remember that he's just like some hey, Roger Stone and Donald Trump. What the fuck happened to this world? So Manafort, whatever Mueller, it's all whatever. It's done. It's, it's finished. Done. It's well, done. we may may learn more later, but we don't have to talk about this for a little while. I think. Um, so on to more important things. Jussie Smollett, who astonishingly today, I get this text message from Fisher uh, to our to our group chat. And um, it looks like the guy is just going to he's going to get off scot free. Feds are still looking at him. Well, the feds are still looking at him because the feds are investigating whether or not he sent sent those letters to himself. So whether or not his his fingerprints, et cetera, on there, Mm, if in fact he gets in trouble for that, there could be some Mm -hmm. serious problems on the way for him. But. As of right now, mm-hmm. he Chicago, lost 10 grand. Chicago PD um, had what it was like 17 or 16 counts or something like grand that jury. of having lied um, uh, about this total so, insanity, this by the way, those charges on himself. Felony disorderly conduct. It's yeah. bananas. Like, was, I think it was like 47 years because it was like the same. Yeah. He, every time he lied to that to the police yeah. department, he would get like another count for that. I know it was insane, though, because I was thinking like there's like the guy I don't know, came across the same. Remember, like, you remember this guy, Pim for time, the right wing, far right leader. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. He was yeah. murdered. Right. Yeah. And I was reading this thing and it and it's like the guy that killed him in like broad daylight in the Netherlands, this is in 2002, I think, or maybe 2000, 2000, 2002, maybe before 9-11, um, that uh, he got out of jail like three years ago. Oh, and wow. I was like, wow, you get like 12 years for publicly murdering a politician. And Jesse Smollett, who hired two Nigerian bodybuilders to pretend <laughs> to beat him up, was going to go to jail for five times as long. Yeah. Reportedly. Reportedly. When, 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 was he, when, when was he murdered? 2002. 2002. All right. I was so, so this particular circumstance, he gets out um, and the charges against him are dismissed. He has to forfeit his bond, or at least he decided to forfeit his bond. It's not clear if there was an actual arrangement that was made. It seems like um, in, in that case, his attorneys are denying that any sort of arrangement was made. His attorneys are, are spinning this as if it was a total mm-hmm. vindication for him. He goes out and he gives his press conference afterwards, um, and he claims to have been truthful and consistent throughout this entire circumstance. He will never stop fighting for justice. No. He definitely just wants to get back to his life. He just wants so, to get back so to So what him. were those uh, Nigerian guys buying at the rope well, store? This is, this is the thing, because I, I saw like uh, Brian Stelter, who's been on this podcast before um, on CNN a, a little day, earlier Brian. today. Not a good day. Brian suggested that we we might never know what happened that night in Chicago. Yeah, I know and, what happened. And it, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy because... Yeah. We know certain things for sure. So there, there, was, there were Nigerian no MAGA guys <laughs> out there. It was two Nigerian no. brothers yeah. who have at this point said, yeah, we were totally yeah. there. We totally did yeah. it. Yeah. I suppose it's it's still a question as to whether or not the money that Jesse was paying them was so that he they would beat him up on the street. But they bought all of the gear. They yeah. were on the street that night. They took yeah. the lift home. This happened. It doesn't matter he if they paid for it. Like by even, those two guys. Even if he didn't pay for it, he was like to the two Nigerian guys who were on Empire. <laughs> it wasn't like some guys he met at like a Dunkin' Donuts or something. Saying, he was like, can you fake beat me up? And they're like, yeah. No. Saying like, this yeah, is yeah. Trump country. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mag- 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 country. Right. Yeah. At 2 a.m. Yeah. during a polar vortex in Chicago. And, in and we loop. should be clear yeah. about this. The, this is MAGA country is not something TMZ made up. Jesse himself went on to suggest that that happened. He even said it to uh, Robin Roberts mm-hmm. during their interview. So 
this isn't something that was ginned up and was fraudulently created by other people. This was him. He did this. He told this story. Is it possible that those guys beat him up and it was some sort of misunderstanding? I suppose in some parallel universe that is possible. But there's every reason to believe that the evidence that the police department had would have given them something to make a compelling case. Was there something about the way that they collected the evidence that made it a problem for them to prosecute this case? I'm not sure. I don't Rahm know. Rahm Emanuel Obviously. was going uh, But Rahm, nuts the police today. chief, are even, all even the DA, off. the DA said not exonerated. Yeah. During the president. Right. The, is the it, assistant DA is the assistant the state's attorney yeah. who, who said that he, this is not an exoner, ex, exoneration. In fact, went on to say that Jesse has had to do some community service, which apparently involves going to help Jesse Jackson out with the Rainbow Push Coalition doing something related to media consultation for them. Yeah. Maybe answering Here, some phones. Here's how you talk about looking it. in the bookstore. Yeah. Here's how you keep your subway sandwich like a week in, in your hand ago. during an assault. <laughs> Wait, so he did it. He did, he did his community service after he was charged. It's but not bizarre. convicted. But why is he doing community <laughs> service? Jesse Jackson's good. Because man. he's always <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, Empire Man, <laughs> you're gonna pair up the laundry up and down the loop in Chicago. What the how the fuck? And they're like, it, it's amazing. So you talk about conspiracy. How come nobody's looking at this and going, like, there's that woman, Fox? Yes, she was yes, a state's, attorney, state's attorney. Who was like texting with Jesse Smollett's family, and like, yeah, we'll just kick Although, it to the Trying to get it kicked to the which I didn't quite understand uh, what the apparently is. They, maybe they, it's just because Chicago PD really wanted to get his ass. Yeah, that's what they were. Th- I think that's what they thought. And maybe the and feds kind of knew the knew the lay of the land. And yeah. they thought they'd have a better chance. I mean, it, it is unusual. Which, I suppose if you're throwing a hail mary, that's what you do. I suppose just try to get it out of here as quickly as possible because Chicago. PD seem to have your ass dead to rights. But. Yes, yes, and also no in the sense that these things don't get prosecuted, as we yeah, mentioned before here. Too. Like, yeah. uh, hate crimes, hoaxers don't spend a lot of time charged, let alone in jail or anything else. So it was already unusual that they did that. It mm-hmm. seemed to be like they were just pissed off, uh, and rightly so, that the the name of the city and the and the police department, because it's so well run, <laughs> as we can see That's today. sarcasm, right, Matt? Yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> we are a, a department with a 17 17- percent clearance rate guys we cannot be made <laughs> under a federal of. consent decree for decades of torture yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean chicago should, pd is yeah. in very bad they shit. should and go they under this. consent decree just out of today's press conferences mm-hmm. like each one totally contradicted the other one or at least like it was a but this uh, civic uh, arrangement in complete uh, disarray out mm-hmm. there uh, but so yeah i think that, that he didn't have a track record um but that's that what they said you're, specifically, you're yeah. just going to get him get someone uh you know uh, to do community yeah. service anyway right, because he didn't have no, no, no victim, uh, first time offender, nice guy. That's, yeah. that's basically what they although, although the no victim thing, it, there was an extraordinary amount of resources squandered investigating this non-crime. Mm-hmm. That, was the that, fault of, that was the fault of the Chicago PD. That shit ought to matter. That does matter, and it's the fault of the Chicago PD, is that they understand that because this, I mean, I remember I was listening to The Takeaway or one of these shows at NPR, and they devoted an entire show after this happened to like, you know, lynchings in America. They're talking about Jesse Smollett. Oh, wow. And hate crimes. And it was, it was a full show. It was like literally, I, I'll find it. And I think, was it the takeaway? I think it was. Um, I'll find which one it is. Um, but the whole show, I mean, like, it, there was no way they couldn't because this was like, oh my God, 
it's manifesting itself everywhere, even Chicago. And we're living in this dystopian sort of Trumpian nightmare where a gay black man can't go outside without getting beaten up. And because of that, there was no way that the Chicago police Could were going to get away by just saying like, look, we're, it's, it's, we have a lot of violent crimes. This is violent, but it's not the type of violence that we're used to, which is murder. And we have to take care of those first. Aren't, uh, uh, MAGA hat wearing uh, Nigerians who don't get involved in hoax they crimes. They weren't even MAGA hats. They were red hats. <laughs> so red, red hat hats. wearing yeah. Nigerians mm-hmm. who just want to go out and and do non-hoax crimes at two o'clock. I think they're the real victims mm. here because there's the guilt. There's a guilt by association. It's true. It's true. They'll never be trusted again. They are forever changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, Jesse. Yeah, so you were going to go on CNN to talk about this. What were you going to What were you going to tell the people? I don't Camille? know. Yeah. What do you say? What do you say about a circumstance like this? I suppose we've said it already. It's kind of well, there's kind of bullshit. There's he totally he totally did the thing. He did the thing, but the records are sealed, mm-hmm. and the, the empire the em, the Empire Writers Room, who has their own Twitter account called Empire at Empire Writers, posted a screenshot of CNN saying prosecutors drop all charges against actor Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. with a winky face. See y'all Wednesday. Uh, hashtag Empire. And, and then one back. of the writers named Cameron Johnson, who's a particularly dim bulb, uh, said um, uh, attacked Rob Elgus, who was the guy that was like the local mm-hmm. uh, ABC reporter who was breaking all the stories and doing incredible, work, incredible job. Work. And he says, you reported a bunch of false information, never retracted it. Do your job. Reporting on leaks that have not been uh, that have been proven false is beneath you. And then, of course, this guy asks, which one? Which hmm. ones have been proven false? And, 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 and nothing. <laughs> no but response. He's, and now there's an image. I'm going to show you here that this is the one that's circulating amongst these people. 16 counts dismissed. Nice. A big graphic image that is being tweeted uh, by. He's, he has a um, shirt on that says truth. Yeah. Yeah. They it's, essentially conceded that the indictment should have never been filed in the per, first uh place, blah, 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 and that he's not going to be prosecuted, et cetera. You know, what, and, you know uh, what Camille's shirt says? It says zero counts dismissed because he wasn't motherfucking charged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and by the way, CBS, up. CBS Chicago did report that we had the um, assistant uh, uh, district attorney, right, or assistant prosecutor. They reported that the actual prosecutor who brought the charges, I don't know if this was mentioned before, um, said he does not believe that the Empire actor is innocent. The prosecutor, the one who is dropping the charges, yeah. said, said he was not exonerated. Yeah. I do not believe he is innocent. Oh, so you believe prosecutors now, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, only in Chicago. I mean, I, be- <laughs> <laughs> I believe prosecutors that say he's he's not innocent. And then, by the way, are saying, yeah, it's fine. Just go. I mean, Rahm Emanuel uh-huh. uh, was pretty hot under the collar today about this. And I think a press conference. I saw that. Yeah. I saw it in the in uh, yeah, print. They, they, so. they he just, called it, he they called just it a whitewash of justice. Right. Yeah. Which is Language. racist. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they just sworn in a bunch of uh, of new police officers. Actually, yeah, yeah. Do you think that if this went to trial, it would have been a referendum on the Chicago police? Do you think that that would have been like the Smollett uh, strategy defense? to yeah to, to entirely to, possible? I just don't think it goes to trial, and that's that's the thing that's genuinely curious about this, along with the uh, seal. I mean, I get like you don't want to do it, but ba- you lean on him. He writes you a check for a hundred grand for mm-hmm. your trouble. And everyone walks away well, happy. The, why the only did, thing I'm, I'm about this, this that outcome that is strange to me is that they did not require him to apologize because no, in a lot yeah. of ways, That's this is strange. very similar to sort of the Robert mm-hmm. Kraft thing that just went down in Florida. And in order for him to get off, he would have needed to say, <laughs> I, yeah, he would have I, needed to go I, to I did it. Asian <laughs> massage parlor <laughs> to get off. I, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I you didn't it. realize, I thought you were and setting me up. No, I wasn't. But in this particular case, 
that wasn't required at all. And he walks, he's walking away and he gives his press conference and he gets to stick to his story and suggest that he's been telling the truth all along, thanking his supporters. He's, he's been wronged here and it's totally absurd. I blame it's it so strange on Trump's that America. That. It's just teaching us all how to gaslight, man. Yeah, I suppose. And the celebrity is potent. Well, um, well I don't know. That's all I got. Maybe uh, it's a, a win for the country that the president hasn't been colluding with the Russians, I guess. Uh, a lot of people yeah, are sad I'm, I'm, that it's not I'm the case. Pro. I'm it, pro not colluding with the Russians. Is, is, is Jesse Smollett getting off good for the Russians or not? Is it good for the country? Who knows? I'm just, you know, it's okay when people don't go to prison. Yeah, I this suppose is, that's, this true. Is, this, uh, that's true. A, a, I, don't, a weird I don't really tick. want that for anyone. Yeah, I, I mean, don't want that for except anyone. Except for Michael Avenatti. <laughs> <laughs> that, I kind of I want him to go to prison. Even, I mean, even there, I, don't, bit, I yeah. don't know that I want that either. Yeah. You know? I, 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 that, that's just a, I just the cherry on top for the for, for that. How do you, just how do you hell decide? Hell of a week. Yeah. I mean, my, my parents from Oregon, my aunts and uncles and cousins are all from up there. Nike, to go after Nike. <laughs> It's like going after the Death Star, but without having the plans. Like Nike runs Oregon. It runs certainly all of the University of Oregon. It runs Greater Portland because of Beaverton. You you are one person, along with Mark Mark Garagos, apparently the unindicted uh, Anthony Fisher uh, in this story. uh, And you think you're going to go up against the Nike legal team? Really? But the best thing in three days, too. It's you're like a little bald, ridiculous white guy, too. Who's and the like reason I say that is in receivership. Or something. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because it reminded me part of this scam in the scheme, if you uh, noticed, was he said, you are going to pay me to do an internal investigation. And then I'm like, oh, all the stories are coming together today because Jesse Smollett did some some uh, community service for Jesse Jackson, who used to do that to come oh, yeah. and say, I have to that come in. the Rainbow Push do, Yeah, it was the Rainbow Push model. thing. Yeah, they remember, the, remember the Exxon one? <laughs> uh-huh. they, they go in like, you're going you're gonna, to I mean, the... make us come in here or we're going to make life very difficult for you. Yeah. And it was like a protection racket, you know? Yeah. It worked very well for him. Yeah, look at I don't know what the current model is over there. I suspect it's probably something similar. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, he's going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, uh, he's definitely going to go to jail. The other thing, by the way, the final thing on the small thing, and then we maybe can get out of here, yeah. is that, um, you know, we, it's a, there are times when this was, of course, because of the hoax was r- racial and about his sexuality too. Thankfully, none of those things happen because we don't want people like that out in the streets of Chicago or anywhere. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that because it's been clouded by those issues, it does cloud the fact that this is an issue of extreme privilege. And the fact that the guy gets $100,000 an episode mm-hmm. and has very, very good legal representation, which I'm sure is one of the reasons that this is happening right now. Sure. This is people in Chicago don't get this. Jesse Smollett does. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is black does not matter. He's rich. That's right. And that is really important and probably one of the reasons he got off. Yeah. And being, this, being rich and famous is indispensable in the, uh, in the legal system. It can be very, very useful to you. I was just going to say, and this is Camille's message to the kids. Damn right. Never fly coach. Never fly coach. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Be the best you can. Then you could kind of do drugs. Do we got any idiots who wrote anything? So many. We've we've already talked about that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think we spent the whole first. That's kind of become the basis of of our show. (laughs) I I would just throw in um, uh, one of the people that Matt Taibbi uh, singled out in in his piece. Mm. It's Jane Meyer from The New Yorker, Mm. uh, who wrote a garbage piece that had to do with the Russia collusion thing. She also wrote 
a super garbage piece uh, last year that had to do with like the second accuser um, uh, yeah. of uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Recall yeah. that was her piece hmm. that she co-wrote with Ronan Farrow, if I'm yeah, not which mistaken. Got, which had got no traction because got no traction because really, it, it was garbage really there. Water, yeah. And you and you kept you keep seeing this formulation. Taibbi even does it like even a great reporter like Jane Meyer, mm-hmm. who, let's recall, wrote the first real big and, and bad but long uh, hit piece on the Koch brothers back in the day um, that was filled with with uh, incredible uh, heavy breathing. It gave us the phrase dark money. Mm-hmm. Um, what should we name of the book, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's two or three books about the Cokes. The hers was by far the worst by acclamation. The one by the Mother Jones guy was. Yeah. Said which, it was, really was, good. was that actually published by Nation Books? It might have been. I, it might have been. I, maybe I'm wrong about that. But I remember but he's from Mother Jones. Sons of Wichita. Sons yeah, of Wichita. Sons of Wichita. We need to stop calling Jane Meyer a great reporter. She writes a lot of garbage uh, uh, constantly. And she had a big uh, piece uh, a couple of weeks back about Fox, like, you know, trying to uh, insinuate that, you know, and, and I saw her um, uh, talk mm-hmm. about this on mm-hmm. Twitter and elsewhere, even on uh, on uh, reliable sources saying, you know, it's impossible to know where Fox ends and the White House begins and, and thinking this is clever. That's not good reporting. That's actually really bad reporting. That's literally anybody who watches any episode of the Steve Ducey show, Fox and Friends. It's like the, the collusion there is like, I like that guy. Let's hire him. That's literally what happens. I mean, and, and this is Margaret Sullivan does a, a version of this, but she at least Jane is Mayer not. just uh, uh, retweeted Margaret Sullivan, like was one of her last tweets. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, she may, she screws up constantly and is still uh, considered a great reporter that's wrong she's actually a bad reporter um she gets stuff wrong her biases are on her sleeve and she doesn't use them in a useful way so get better jane meyer and you're not that great so so one one last thing just a a broad overarching question i mean if if one of the if one of the outgrowths of the current or most recent panic um, and I, I suppose I can call it current because really it's it's not as though things have changed. For the most part, when journalists and when the people who are leading media outlets have spoken out in recent days to talk about lessons learned, they've pretty much been defending the status quo. In large part, they've been talking about how they did their job and their job. Uh, I think it was Zucker who said earlier today something along the lines of, you know, we're not investigators, mm-hmm. which is to say not that they're not investigative journalists, but they're not federal investigators investigating crimes. Their job is to report the facts and to put them before the American people. And they did a great job and they broke a lot of news and they they don't really seem to have any sort of sensibility about what needs to change going forward. Is there any optimism in the room about things changing in an affirmative direction in the near future? Uh, actually, from their response, uh, specifically, I have less optimism because it, it is a moment to sit back. I was on a Kennedy show on, on uh, Monday last night. And to her credit, she said we were talking about this very issue. She said, hey, you know what? There was a, there were times in during the Mueller investigation where I thought X, I assumed X. That turned out not to be true. I feel bad about it. And uh, and sorry, what do you guys feel you know bad about it, or what do you think that people should feel about it? That's not hard. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to say I was somewhat wrong. You should be if you're in the world of journalism, you should be haunted on a constant basis. What if I say or do or write something that's wrong um, and have that sense and not have this. This wagon circle mentality that we've seen so many people like uh, so many journalists over the uh, the past few days have saying, oh, you know, it's the same people who've been criticizing Mueller this whole time are now criticizing the the media. It's like, all right, name them. Mm -hmm. It's not all the same people. It's not all the same people who do X, Y or Z. um, And and to 
to treat criticism in that sense uh, from a defensive crouch and not from a thank you, sir. Can I have another or I, you know, you're going to say nine things to me that aren't true, but I'm going to be haunted by the 10th that's because right. I'm in the fact business and uh-huh. I want to be corrected. Uh-huh. Um, and that's just not how they uh, treat it at all. The bigger the institution, the more of this kind of uh, ass covering, you know, wagon circling uh, approach there is. And I think that is is the root of a lot of the problem. I think the Jesse the Jesse Smollett case was kind of you know an example of what might come of the post Mueller era. There really wasn't any soul searching after that. It was the story was endemic of our times. It was it was the most important story of that moment. And then yeah. when it became more in doubt, there wasn't a reckoning of ooh we ran with this narrative before we did any vetting of facts. It. It was just it didn't happen. Let's it, Jesse Smollett's a bad person, maybe. And let's uh, move on. There's a shiny new thing. It's called right, Covington. The, well, yeah, the MAGA kids. <laughs> we, we we see them. They're guilty. Yeah, and Very all those and all those faces. and all those things will remain kind of fringe issues that we don't have to deal with because the people that you will amplify when you don't want these things to be dealt with are people like the Daily Caller. You know, it's like no, I mean everyone that I know um, who doesn't read you know, silly conservative media or ideological media or watch Fox news is still like, man, that small thing's ridiculous. But I see that like, Oh, well, you know, the people accusing us uh, in the media, it's just the Trump kind of, uh, you know, fake news, enemy of the people types, it's conservatives, pouncing. It's conservatives pouncing. Mm-hmm. And of course there is that, you know, and, but that's always going to be the case. Th- but was- you, you run all of those things through those most ridiculous or extreme outlets and say, yeah, you know, go full Breitbart. Why don't you? I'm like, well, no, I mean, this, I think this is actually an important issue Mm -hmm. because prior to it being sort of debunked in the Jesse Smollett thing, everybody I knew was talking about it in the most breathless terms and saying, this proves what I long ago knew that we are in this era when like, you know, a rich, successful, young, gay black man is going to get beaten in the street for, for, for his identity. Uh, the uh, 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 last point I'll make about that, I've now forgotten. So, Okay. Good. All right. All right. I think we're done. I think so, too. All, All right. right. Bye. Bye-bye. We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse.